0: everybody to the ninth episode of gen z rockets i'm your host Nima javazada you can find me on twitter at finding nema 23 and follow the podcast at gen z rockets today with me is grant currington a contributor with apollo and you can find him on twitter at currington grant grant how's it going
1: going all right Nima. Excited to talk some basketball today, man.
0: Yeah, this week, since my last podcast, there's been two Rockets games. Uh, the Rockets played the Pelicans, lost by seven, and then they played the Suns, lost by three. Both of those pretty tight-fought games. Uh, looking at the Pelicans game, man, we got lit up by Lonzo Ball.
1: Yeah, his uh, career-high three-pointers made. That was That's painful. He's just another one on the list of people like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Gary Trent Jr. and Max Struess. <laughs>
0: It's like James Johnson had a great game too. He had 18 and even, you know, what was it? The game before that against the Celtics, uh, Evan Fournier had his career high.
1: Yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's, it's painful. And I mean, James Johnson's always had it out for us, even when he was playing for the, uh, for the Mavs just earlier this year, dude just loves to put a whooping on us.
0: Yeah. But man, like the Rockets, honestly, like I, there's, there's some, there's some good points or some bad points, but I'm loving Kelly Olenek.
1: Uh, dude, it's so exciting! Even that, even that Celtics game, dude.
0: Man, yeah, in the in the Celtics game, I mean, in, in the last podcast, like Bobby was talking about Kelly, and he was he he's a big Celtics guy, and he was saying like, you know, you look at Kelly right now, and look at how he was in Boston. Like he's he's still that guy. He's still that like solid contributor, and he's only gotten better. And so.
1: He's still Larry Bird 2.0, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kelly Bird. But I, I hope, I hope the Rockets resign him. Um, what Kelly you, O'Clinic. What, what do you think? That, like, do you think the Rockets should resign him? And like, what on what deal? Like, I, I was saying last time, if you can sign him for under the MLE or around the MLE.
1: I'm gonna be honest. Cool. I would give him. I would give him two years for 24 mil total. Like, as a, as a kind of. Maximum of what I'd give him, I'd give him twelve million a year.
0: Yeah, I'd be fine with that. I mean, that's what he's making right now. Around that, like it's like twelve point one or something like that. Like, yeah, exactly. I'd keep I'd him. Kind of would. With... I'd be fine with giving him that. I mean, he shot five for thirteen from three against the Pelicans and twenty-six points, eight rebounds. Like, and he's he's great as that, like kind of like pivot passer on the high post. Like, he he helps so much with the offense. um He
1: has the best. highest basketball IQ of anybody on the floor,
0: probably. And like I don't know, besides if... maybe
1: Wall, but Wall yeah, hasn't I mean, been on the floor so.
0: Yeah, and like I don't know if that's like you know a knock against the rest of the roster. I would say DJ Augustine has a pretty high basketball IQ. I'm Augustine
1: a- has a high basketball IQ too. He's fun to watch. You're a you're a UT guy, though. So you've been watching him since he was in college, right?
0: Oh yeah, no, I I he he's he's been great. And then like he's also from Houston, so I've I've always just kind of yeah high school in Houston, so I always just kind of root for him.
1: Uh, I'm the same kind of way with uh, like Daniel House. He he, I'm an Aggie, so
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been watching it, Daniel last, House last year in the. uh in the playoffs, I was like, man, it's so hard for me to root against a Houston guy. But Daniel House is really making it easy for me right now because of like the whole bubble thing. I I, I tried the not whole, to alleged, against,
1: whole alleged whole yeah, alleged alleged
0: bubble. I, I try not to root against guys from Houston. Like I I love De'Aaron Fox. Um, I was pulling for Jared Vanderbilt to like come to Houston if possible.
1: That would have been fun.
0: And then like. Now, now the you know, I, I would I want the the Rockets to go and just try and get like a couple guys from Houston, Kelly Kelly Oubre from Houston, or he, you know, relocated uh, into Houston. But uh, moving on from the Pelicans game because there's not really much to talk about there. The Rockets just kind of blew it in the fourth quarter, which you know that's a story for about half the games. That's hey man,
1: it, We're better at tanking than any team in the league, if we're being quite honest. Yeah. There's player true. development. Player development for forty two minutes. And then the last six minutes, Avery Bradley take the wheel.
0: Honestly, I'm kind of liking Avery Bradley. He started last game and like he wasn't horrible. He had that like really Five good. Six
1: points player. in thirty-three minutes was like watching some uh PJ Tucker on the floor again, though.
0: Hey man, you need PJ Tucker in there somehow. I mean, <laughs> it's not a Rockets team if there isn't a guy scoring six points in 30 minutes. So, accurate. But no, but that was my
1: only. So if we're if we're rolling into that into that uh well, words are hard. If we're rolling into that Suns game, that was one of the biggest stands standouts for me. The two guys that played the most minutes for us were DJ Augustine and Christian Wood. And Christian Wood had an inefficient night for how he's played for the majority of the season. He was eight for 21, I think. When,
0: yeah. Eight for 21 eight, for 21. eight for 21.
1: Yeah. He was eight for 21. Didn't have his most efficient game. <laughs> I saw a funny meme. It was the, uh, it was the, when John Wall or when Christian Wood has an inefficient game, Gordon Ramsay saying, Oh, you poor sweet baby. And then the, when John Wall has a, or shoots 38%. Oh, you f- donkey. Are we yeah. allowed to on here? That was the story of the night, man. But uh, yeah, Avery Bradley and Christian Wood, both of whom didn't have their best performances, played our most minutes. So that was that was a little standout for me.
0: Yeah, the 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 stat that actually stood out for me, like you know, Woods' inefficiency, I I can excuse every once in a while. I think the reason why is just because like Wood is a little bit younger. You expect Wall to be that more established guy. Like if you're you know the established point guard, you're saying you're the star of the team and you know you, you're a vet former all-star and you're going and dropping like 35 percent against like the timberwolves or something like <laughs> yell at you but if you those
1: are anthony edwards numbers yeah
0: exactly and
1: so like no no knock on anthony i know know lots of people he's
0: a rookie and he's like yeah I, exactly I, i'm pretty i think he'll he'll be decent i don't think he'll be like dwayne wade like people were saying before the draft but i think he'll be a good player he's not uh, he's not Andrew Wiggins. Two Not not
1: quickly. all the rookies can be as efficient as Jay Sean Tate, man. <laughs>
0: oh man, Tate. I I had that article last week. I was saying how I think he's like arguably the rookie of the year, and I still stand by it. He's only. I stand
1: by that too. He is thing. the only person I think you could put above him. Maybe Halliburton. maybe I would say quickly. Halliburton. I, I would say Halliburton, Halliburton or quickly.
0: Like more definite. Um, quickly, maybe, but like I think Hall. I, I think like Halliburton will probably get it. Just in general. Even yeah, if, that's
1: where I'm leaning.
0: or not, but the thing that st- stood out with me about this game wasn't Woods and efficiency. It was the three rebound. Like
1: I didn't. Eat, frank, oh my god! You're thirty right.
0: three minutes, three rebounds, only two defensive rebounds, and like. We won the rebound battle. We won the rebound battle 38 to 37. Like both teams shot really well because, you know, both teams just didn't play defense.
1: You know who Um, led our team in rebounding last night? Kevin Porter Jr.
0: Kevin Porter, yeah. He almost had a triple-double. He was one rebound away from – one rebound, two assists away from a triple-double. Like –
1: yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. had our most rebounds last night. And,
0: yeah, no, and so like, I think
1: uh, I think a contributing factor for that right now with Wood though is he's obviously still recovering from his ankle because he does not look oh, anything sure. like the player he looked like in that in that five game win streak before he got hurt. That dude was out there bully balling people with no meat on his bones, and now he's he looks a little tentative to go up for that ball.
0: And that's what I wanted to like kind of talk about is like I don't think his his is healthy, and if his ankle's not healthy, like
1: we're already not going to do anything right
0: him down for the season like I don't I don't see why he should play I don't see why he should risk it like I understand like you know you're only 25 you want your stats and you want your like playing time but like don't risk it like you have two more years under contract next year you're still going to be the number one guy on this roster like get healthy you can come back later in the season but like rest bro like you need the rest like
1: Especially, I agree, but you got to look at it from the player's view too. think about, I mean,
0: I know we're we're not a,
1: we're not a baseball, we're not a baseball podcast, but one of the whole reasons that the Astros have been holding out on giving uh, Carlos Correa the, the boatload of money that he really wants is because he's had so many games that he's missed. He's never played more than like 110 games in a season so far. And that, that factors in, in the NBA too, when you're in, when you reach free agency if you're consistently having seasons with a lot of missed games you're not going to make as big of a big of a paycheck
0: and yeah, i think good. christian
1: wood is look into the future.
0: That, yeah, but that's kind of like my point, is like you have you have two more years on your deal. Like let's say you miss, you know, what how many games are left in the season? 20. 20 to 22 games. Let's say you miss the remaining 22 games of the season, right? But, that, but missing those 22 games means that you're going to be healthy for like 90% of the next two seasons because you rested that ankle and healed up. But if you play through these 22, then it's going to be a recurring injury. What happens if all of a sudden, you know, end of season two, because you kept playing through it, you, like, snap an Achilles or get a really bad ankle injury. You're out for all of that contract year. Like, you got to just think about rest now. No, yeah. I'm definitely
1: there with you, Nima. It's just – I'm trying to think from the player's point of view, too. Yeah, like, I,
0: I, like you saw, like – did you see the clip of Lamelo Ball, whatever, like, he's, like, sitting on the sideline. He's, like, shaking because he hasn't been able to play. It's yeah,
1: like, homeboy like, wants to get on the court. I understand that's a, that, man. You and want, then the other thing we got to play. take into account, these guys are professional athletes. We can't forget. These guys have serious egos on them, and that's not – I mean, it's not exactly something we can fault them for. They've proven that they're among the best 450 players in the world at any given moment. So they, they deserve to have a bit of an ego on them, but they don't they don't want to be sitting watching the games. They want to be playing.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then also, like, you kind of, like, Wood himself, like, he, he even says, like, he, the mentality he has and just, like, the way he carries himself, like... He's the kind of guy like Harden, where he's just gonna push through an injury no matter what. Which Exactly. Like, I, I love that, but we're losing. <laughs> like, we don't need you to do that right now. If it was, if we were thirty-seven and thirteen, and he was dealing with the injury, I'd say, you know, you know, thank you. <laughs> but like, they, no, they putting yourself. I'm with on, you. Last like, year, last we're
1: thirteen year. thirty-seven.
0: We're not trying to win games, man. Like, I'm cool with you resting.
1: Last year, Harden and I had like an identical uh, quad contusion. It happened the same way and everything within like two weeks of each other dude missed like one game and was playing again with and I guarantee you he got hit harder than I did because I got hit by like a like a 160 pound point guard just playing like street ball uh get that quad contusion took a knee there he I don't remember who hit him but it was full-grown man I'm damn sure he got hit a lot harder than I was and uh I was on crutches for a day because my leg wouldn't bend and he was playing a game the next day.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, these guys are, like, superheroes. and so you They really are. Take that into account. But, like, you know, just team situation everything like that, I would love to see uh, Wood to just kind of rest, or at least, like, rest every couple games. Like, we don't need you to play every yeah. day. We don't need to sit out the whole time. But, you know, just at least get a breather in there every once in a while. Like, Daniel Ooh. House has been doing that. John Wall is doing
1: that. Daniel House has been getting hurt a lot. Yeah, yeah Daniel Poor House getting
0: hurt. Yeah, and then he got hurt against um, – the, against, the Pelicans.
1: against the Pels, yeah. yeah Everybody yeah. seemed to get hurt against the Pelicans, not just us, dude. Steven Adams came out of the game. Lonzo was cramping so bad he had to take off the last couple minutes.
0: Pelicans versus Rockets has a bad history of injuries. The Marcus Cousins against the Rockets tore his Achilles. Uh, yeah, um,
1: dude, you're right. That's –
0: like. There's, there's just a bad history in that matchup. But going going back to the Suns game, I want to talk about that fourth quarter because, man, like, we were that, – that was honestly probably the best fourth quarter I've seen from the Rockets since, like, the six-game win streak. That was probably yeah. the best game. Like, also considering the opponent you're playing against. Like, we don't have John Wall. That was like, a, that's against... the two-seed
1: in the West, right?
0: Yeah, like, one of the – like, a, t- a top five – One of the top team defensive in the
1: teams. teams in a... One of the really...
0: best teams in the league, like –
1: Without question, dude. Oh, dude. Speaking of that, here's something that was really interesting me when I was looking back over after the game. I was I listened to the first eight minutes of the game on the way home from uh from work on the AM and I was just hearing them go absolutely bonkers from three for the Suns. Started the game seven for eight from behind the three point line. Yeah. We ended up having a better three point efficiency than them by the end of the game. We shot 51.5 percent on our threes, and they shot 48.6.
0: Can you believe a Rockets team right now is shooting 52 percent for three? like in a game,
1: whoa, 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 that was a, that was a one game thing. We have not been having, but like a in, a, in
0: a game, like can you believe that, that that happened, like especially against a good team? Like that was probably Jay the Sean, Taylor, best, best game I've seen from this team in a while.
1: Jay Sean Tate was absolutely chucking threes halfway to the roof.
0: Bro, Tate's three has gotten a lot better. I think I saw a stat that, like, in the last 10 games, he's shooting, like, 40% from three.
1: Yeah, and his uh, the arc he has on that thing, dude, <laughs> it's
0: crazy. It's, it's getting better. I would say uh, K.J. Martin's shot, like, it looks more fluid now. He's so
1: confident. They're, getting they're getting both confident. getting way more confident to step yeah. in and shoot that three.
0: I honestly and like I I want to hear you know we'll, we'll talk about the young players later uh, we have some questions to answer but like I do you think KJ might have a higher ceiling than Kevin Porter?
1: I wouldn't go there, man. I would. So here's here's so this was actually one of the questions we had in our mailbag that we were going to answer later, but I don't think it's a bad time to answer it. Uh, one guy was asking for some player comps for our young guys, and my favorite player comp that I've seen so far and discussed with somebody on Twitter for K.J. Martin was P.J. Washington. Okay. They have a few differences, but they're both real, real explosive. They both have a lot of lift. I liked the player comparison there. And I think K.J. has a high, high ceiling because he has a high, high work ethic and a high, high basketball IQ from growing up around it with his dad. I mean, the, the craziest part of that to me is his dad was drafted 20 years ago or 21 years ago. Kenya, or K.J. is 20 years old.
0: KJ wasn't born when yeah he was born a year later like he was born uh into his dad's rookie year like yeah
1: that's the craziest thing to me a lot of these guys have their kids way later in their careers than that so he he got to grow up while his dad was in his prime yeah he was seven eight getting to watch these games with his dad in his prime and all the way through his early teens that's crazy
0: I have a player comp for you uh, for KJ. And I guess we can go into that question because, you know, there wasn't really much to talk about that Suns game other than, you know, just an overall really good game from the Rockets. Um, I
1: mean, well, okay. So if we're, if we're going to segue, there are a couple things I really do want to point out about that Suns game.
0: All right, yeah, let's let's finish that up and then we'll segue into uh, the player yeah. so we'll Okay. The this back.
1: was the biggest, if you look, so I have it pulled up right next to me here. I have the team stats for the game. Rebounds, we won the rebound differential by one. Offensive lost it by one. Assists, they had one more assist than we did. Same number of blocks. Turnovers. turnovers. We had seven more turnovers than the Suns. We lost that game by one possession. And I would tell you that we shot 54% on the game. If we finish those seven possessions with shots, the likelihood that we miss all seven of them is not all that high.
0: Yeah the the turnover problem I mean but whenever you're a young team and you're playing against a team like Phoenix who you know have a Chris Paul and Monty Williams as coach like they're very well disciplined or at least much more well disciplined than the Rockets are turnover, and you've got
1: guys who are really solidified role players like Mikhail yeah. Bridges Jay Crowder uh, Jay Crowder Jay Crowder loves playing the Rockets man yeah he-
0: for some reason but like Dario Saric uh Javon Carter off the bench like they have uh a, a very decent team like or a very good team not decent it was second no
1: every single player on that team can Is step in team? and do their job yeah that's something that not a lot of teams can say
0: yeah and Cam Johnson as well I love Cam Johnson he had a great rookie season. I like
1: Cam Johnson a lot and then uh there's that one other dude uh Cameron Payne too
0: campaign yeah. yeah Cameron Payne awesome. Saw so someone on Twitter said that a uh, campaign should be starting over Chris Paul, and that was just. <laughs> well,
1: that's blasphemy, obviously, but Cameron Payne, Cameron Payne's the guy who was getting ousted by his well, former team. So,
0: yeah, the Bulls said that the, Bulls, was, yeah, the Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls said he was. Player, and he's like uh, I, earlier he's... In the year, earlier in the year, the backcourt of like him and Javon Carter was the best defensive backcourt in the league, and like, yeah, that's that's just insane. So like you know, good for him for you know sticking around in the league. But um, the the turnover is like you're gonna that's gonna happen when you're young.
1: It is gonna happen, but that is that's where that game went. Yeah, away that, from us. That's how that and
0: game lost. And Ke- Kelly Olenek tried something to win you it.
1: pointed out to me. Something you pointed out to me. Kelly Olenek wanted to win that game, but he was our guy who had the highest number uh, of turnovers. He had five. Yeah,
0: and so and but like I, he needed
1: to shoot more. He was seven for eight. That's I, a man who I, needs I tweeted, to put up shots.
0: I tweeted out before the game and before the other game. I was like, you know, close hard fought losses are kind of fine. I I I'm okay with that. And that's what they did both games. And so I'm fine with the two losses, especially against two teams who are fighting for playoff spots where we are very clearly not and dealing with injuries. Like I'll take it whenever I can get it. And
1: the um, hardest part of that the hardest part of that Pelicans game for me was coming to terms with the fact that we lost by seven to a Pelicans team without Zion or Brandon Ingram.
0: Yeah, true. And Zion was a late scratch, and I, I was hoping he would play just so I could kind of see if Wood would be able to keep up with Zion or take I just like
1: watching Zion play, dude. He's so I slithery. Love him. He's,
0: playing, uh, he's playing right now, actually. I, I, I need to catch that after this. But, you know, the Pelicans, I'm, I'm interested in seeing – I still don't understand what's going on with that team. Uh, like why they're built the way they are and why they signed Stephen Adams to that uh, insane extension,
1: man. I love Stephen Adams. I, I love too, to see but, it,
0: but, but, you know, you have Jackson Hayes off the bench and like he's 20 and you're trying to develop him and having Zion there as well. I, mean, lack of I don't know. And-
1: I, I kind of liked what I saw from them putting Jackson Hayes next to uh, Stephen Adams. Cause Stephen Adams is a, Really good passer for being a a standard big in the NBA, and playing Jackson at the four with his elusiveness and quickness. He's almost as quick as a guard. I heard uh,
0: Matt Bullard he, saying fast. that. He's very fast. Yeah, no, and but like my 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 problem with it is just like I I feel like if you, if you want a team around Zion, you need a lot of shooters. And you had JJ Reddick, you <laughs> didn't want to play him and you had Nicolo like, Melli. <laughs> Melli. Yeah. And like and, but so instead of surrounding Zion. Please don't say, please don't take that serious. Yeah, no. uh, instead of you surrounding have, Zion <laughs> with a bunch of shooters, you surround him with Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. Like
1: Eric Bledsoe shot really well from three-point range. He's been doing a lot better. he
0: shot four of twelve against us though. And I think this season he's shooting like thirty six percent, which is like fine. That's league average. That's below the league average. Uh, it's it's one like, percent
1: below league average.
0: But like, that's the thing. You you don't want to surround Zion with average or below league average shooters. You want to surround him with good shooters because you have that spacing. Like, if he's shooting thirty six percent, because with the gravity that Zion brings into the paint, what was what he? What is he shooting if he has like a normal team around him? So like especially with brandon ingram there as well who creates for himself and opens up so much space as well like uh, we'll talk about i don't want to talk about the pelicans anymore let's go into the- <laughs> that's
1: fair uh, let's, let's segue into, into the, the into the mailbag
0: so who who was it that asked the player comparisons it was oh, uh, man I'll,
1: I'll pull it up um uh,
0: at rockets in uk uh discuss our young players and what's their comp slash ceiling um we we know the kpj harden comparison i don't think his ceiling is hardened i think his ceiling is lower than that
1: well no no that's the comp not the ceiling but, yeah no People but, he's like,
0: he said comparison and ceiling like his comparison yeah play like player profile harden but his ceiling. so i
1: actually had a i had an interesting conversation the other day with somebody who believes that and doesn't believe it's likely he'll reach this ceiling but believes that kpj has a higher ceiling heart and there is an argument for that because of how absolutely athletic he is. His ab- everything he does, you you see that as a young Harden. But then you add in the fact that he is really, really athletic, which means he could be a good perimeter defender. It's just something he's gonna have to add to his game.
0: Well, the thing is, is like the, the, the there's gonna be di- like there's gonna be di- differences in his game and Harden's because of that difference in size, like. Kevin Porter is not a thick boy like Harden is. Like he's a he's relatively lean. He's relatively long, and like you said, like he's he's built more like a wing than he is like whatever Harden's built like a, a trunk. Um, and so like Harden, other he used his weight a lot whenever it came to driving in, and like his his body because he's able to use all that muscle. And everybody even says like it, 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 he's so like deceiving. Because you see him and you don't think that, oh, he can power right through you and he powers right through you with that weight. And that's part of what also made him such a good post defender. Kevin Porter Jr., you know, he might be a better perimeter defender than Harden. He won't be the post defender Harden is. And, you know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it depends on what you need in a player. I would assume a good thing because he's a guard. Uh, But I don't think he's going to have the finishing ability uh, Harden has at least not in the same way. I don't think he'll be able to power through players. Well he won't be he'll able be, to power
1: through and he'll be he, able uh, to be
0: more elusive because he is that like longer, skinnier, exactly more athletic guy.
1: No, I will I see will, him will it I work? see him being able to finish more more like a uh De'Aaron Fox isn't particularly long, but he is real sneaky around the rim. So I think that's a good comparison for how they're finishing could
0: Yeah, I'd say he's a lot he's a little less explosive than De'Aaron Fox is, but that's
1: yeah, oh, man, Nobody speaking of which, I love when he <laughs> – him and Christian Wood have a tendency to do this, where they do that little slow pump fake and then just drive into the rim at a real leisurely pace. Yeah. There, there's no reason it should work, but it does, and I like it.
0: Kevin Porter Jr., we know, we know Harden, whatever. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. if we're
1: talking about the young core, you for said you K- had K- a comp K- for Kenyon.
0: Yeah, yeah, you said you had a comp for Kenyon. So my comp, size-wise, all right, both these guys are six six. Both these guys are 250 pounds. Both Kenyon them, weighs 250? <laughs> 15, 215.
1: Okay, I was about to say, that's a,
0: no, that's a chunky if, boy. If he weighed 250, he'd be Zion. Um, I know Zion's like 280, but um, no, he's 215 pounds. Both of them are six six. Both of them are high flyers. Both of them long wing defenders. One of them is coming out of the league. Uh, my comparison is Andre Iguodala. Okay. Uh, I think that that's a great comparison. Look at Igudala's rookie season. Nine points, five and a half rebounds, and three assists in 32 minutes. KJ is getting seven points, five rebounds, and an assist in 20 minutes. So relatively close numbers. Both of them, these high-flying players. Whenever Andre Iguodala was young, he was a dunker.
1: He was that a dude belt. was so explosive. Defender,
0: super explosive. Great defender. And that's what I think KJ can be. I agree with you 100% that I think, you know, with his dad and his ear and with that work ethic, he can become really, really good. I think he might need to put on another, like, five to – or he just needs to fill out, you know. He doesn't even need to put on that much weight. He just needs to fill out um, and just kind of get used to the speed of the NBA, work on that shot a little bit more, and work on the defense. The shot, honestly, is better than where Andre Iguodala was whenever he came into the league.
1: Oh, most definitely. I mean, we put, I, I have a, I have a theory that they lock Jason Tate and KJ Martin in a gym with Jeff Hornacek, make them shoot or leave them in there with Hornacek until they each make a thousand threes and they're not allowed to have food or water.
0: I believe it. (laughs) I would love that. I think that would be great. Uh, I I believe they do it. I think that's a great Uh, person. If they did that, you know, the NBA might have some issues with humanitarian rights. (laughs) But if it works, you know, more power to them. But honestly, like, comparing KJ to uh, comparing KJ to Andre Godala, like a one-time All-Star, three-time champion, two-time All-Defensive, Finals MVP... I
1: really like that. That's comment, a good comparison.
0: I think that's a good comparison. I think that's probably where his ceiling is too. Like I could see him being a one or two time all-star being that like glue defense, like glue guy type person on a roster, or, you know, maybe maxing out as like a third option on like an average team, kind of like what Iguodala was doing in Denver and doing in Philly. I think, you know, you have, if you have a guy like that on your roster, like it can help your team a ton and just having that, like I think KJ might be able to surpass Andre Iguodala in the sense that he's a much better shot blocker than Igudala Oh, was. and so, I
1: will never, I will never forget that call. Was that, was it Craig? I think it was Craig Ackerman. It was an away game. Uh, climbed Bo, uh, climbed Bobon Mountain.
0: <laughs> climbed Bobon Mountain, yeah, man! I I don't know what it is KJ Martin has against dudes who are seven feet tall or higher.
1: And wearing green jerseys, and wearing green
0: jerseys. He just doesn't like tall people in green. Uh, but you know, I think Iggy is probably the best comparison for him. No, I like I like the, I like the PJ Washington comparison, but I, I want to shoot a little bit higher for him. I because also I think somebody said. Um, like if if the 2020 draft was redrafted right now kenyon martin would be a top 10 pick i just i'd give him
1: top 15
0: i think he'd be a lottery pick and i honestly think the age in its own is enough to bank on i think he was like the youngest guy in the draft and when you're the son of a former number one pick and you went to img academy you put up good numbers there like you were a freak athlete maybe take the risk and obviously you know in the at the time of the draft, you we
1: got have- him for cash
0: considerations, man. We got him for like five million dollars. It was a lot of considerations, but it was definitely worth it. um I like I'm I'm pretty- I
1: I think Obi Toppin would fall out of the top ten. Denny Avdia might fall out of the top ten. Cole Anthony was picked sixteenth. He would slide up.
0: Halliburton would slide up to like two.
1: Halley would slide up quite a lot. James <laughs> Wiseman. James Wiseman might drop to seven.
0: Probably, but. I think Ken, Kenny, and Martin would probably be around like fourteen, fifteen. Um, who else is there in the young core? There's Jayshon. Jayshon Tate.
1: Okay, so before we go on his comp, just if Jayshon Tate was a part of the draft, where would where do you think he would he would get picked if they did the draft right now?
0: Jayshon Tate. If they did. The yeah, draft.
1: I mean, we just took him straight from Australia,
0: but I mean, it, his age is like a problem, and he. I mean, disregarding the fact that he already declared like three years prior but if he were to declare like last year i think he probably would have gotten the second round if he would have gone well no if we're doing if we're
1: doing the same thing that we were just saying with kj like if we took every if
0: he he were to get in the draft right now oh we're yeah i'd probably put him in the lot in the uh like i uh, 10 to 20 like just like just because of age immediate impact but he's 25 like (laughs) that's true yeah, I I think it would probably be like maybe Boston at fourteen instead of Neesmith just so they had like an instant impact guy, you know. That's it, it would he would fit like,
1: on that team really well too. Yeah,
0: it, it would have to be like a team that's looking to contend that like just happened to have a high pick. That's the only way I could see someone taking that. But yeah. my my comparison for um, there, there's there's a bunch of comparisons for Deshaun Tate. There's it's just any kind of utility forward. Um like you know like there's Draymond Green there was Anthony Mason that was the one that Silas had I I like the Draymond one but I feel like he's I just, like the Draymond one I, a lot I feel like he's more of a scorer than Draymond ever was like Tate actually looks to get his own offense a little bit where like Draymond never really does that whatever
1: he's, he's got done, a really yeah. really polished arsenal in the paint he's got good hop steps euro steps pivot moves
0: he Great. does such a good and he's a great post-defender. Like, he's really a great post-defender, post too. Post-offensive post player, sorry. He's a, he's great in the post as an offensive player. He's great bullying down low. Like, yeah,
1: I mean, that's what happens bullying. when he played – he played small ball center in college.
0: Yeah, and he so. – in, in Australia, like, you got to bully against guys like Andrew Bogut and the mean Aussies. but – To
1: be fair, Bogut was on his team.
0: Well, yeah, but, like, you had to do that in practice. Oh, like,
1: yeah. Like, oh, he was, yeah. Like,
0: you had to deal with stuff like that, and so, you know – power to him he's doing great in the league at at six four killing it in the paint Uh, the craziest
1: thing about that to me is he was averaging uh in the paint 75 percent in australia and 72 percent in the nba yeah a three percent drop off
0: yeah like going from australia to the nba (laughs) just it doesn't matter it does not matter at all you gotta think about the guys who came over from australia a lot of them are physical, man. Like Joe Ingles, very physical. Matthew oh, very physical. Andrew Bogut, physical. I'm sure this is a
1: very popular opinion. Now that I'm done hating on Kelly, but Joe Ingles is just the ugliest dude in the
0: league. <laughs> I Joe love Ingles him. just looks. I love him me. though. He's the, he's the ultimate. He's the ultimate utility guy. He just Ray looks defender. so mean. <laughs> Have you seen the shot? If you ever, like, get a chance to look at a shot chart, go look at it. It's one of the most. His most shot most chart, most chart I've is. I've ever seen.
1: Stupid, um, bro.
0: I, I, I absolutely love Joe Ingles. But, um, you know, Jay Tate, I would say. How
1: are you going to love a player on the Jazz that's not Donovan Mitchell?
0: i don't like well i'm not a big donovan mitchell guy dude i just
1: i just want to get donovan mitchell away from the jazz
0: oh yeah that would be nice um you know maybe get the jazz out of utah in general just give 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 them you know i i've 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 had mccade on this podcast and i i became friends with a few jazz fans i i'm it's it's been an interesting year for me i never thought i'd become friends with jazz fans but uh here we are (laughs) but you know going back to tate um I think Draymond Green with a little, a little more scoring and then just overall a little bit down. I don't think he can be the uh, the all defensive player, you know, all star that Draymond Green was, but he can be that great utility guy on a championship team. Um, you know, maybe you can get an all star appearance out of that, kind of like Kyle Korver did, of just being really good on a really good team.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But I, I, I I'm okay with that comparison. I'm just not that crazy about it.
1: I don't the thing that is the thing with Tate though. There is no real comparison. That dude is a unicorn.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a unicorn in his own sense because he just can do everything. Yeah. It? I mean, how tall is Draymond? Draymond's six. You know, I mean, he's kind of gotten shorter over the years. I think <laughs> at one point he was six seven, and now be worse yeah. six five, six four almost. So.
1: Yeah. Prime Draymond was six seven. <laughs> Tate Tate came into the league at six. Four. Totally the dude's just... Over the
0: years and shrunk a few inches.
1: Hey man, putting that warrior steam on his shoulders.
0: <laughs> um, I think there's not really that much other young guys in, on the roster that I, I genuinely care about. There's DJ Wilson, but I don't think he's going to be here for more than a year anyway. I don't think there's really much to talk about him. Uh, I'd like to see him. To keep
1: him. I'd like to see him grow, but
0: I would like to as well, but I'm not invested in it. Uh, All right. I don't think the Rockets are.
1: Well, the next question in our mailbag from
0: g green
1: fan one holly stern is, Jim- is gerald the goat
0: well, uh, well holly
1: you know, I, I love gerald green he's the goat in our hearts he's 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 the mayor of houston
0: he's one of my favorite rockets of all time he's one of my favorite role players. and well let's let's let, let me ask a question off of this like a, a genuine conversational question what uh who's your favorite rockets role player of all time
1: dude it's it's becoming tate so fast
0: tate really well
1: it, it's becoming Tate. I would tell you yeah. for the longest time before we traded for Chris Paul, I was a Pat Beverly stan, dude. I loved Pat Beverly. I
0: have something to tell you after this that you'll
1: love. Okay. And then and then so shortly after we traded for Chris Paul, and I was always a big fan of the role players. It went it it went to PJ Tucker.
0: Yeah.
1: PJ Tucker is without question my favorite Rockets role player we've ever had. So it was it was real painful for me this season to have to advocate against him.
0: For me uh growing up watching like the um, like late 2000s teams uh, those were like my, my some of my favorite teams growing up. One of my favorite role players was Vaughn Wafer. Do you remember?
1: Okay. Him?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, was, I was, was I'll, was, I'll was, be I'll be honest,
1: I was I was somewhat casual up until I was like 13 or 14. Probably 8th grade was when he I got, played, I, got he played I was a big team
0: the Rockets. He was on that 08, 09 team. Yeah,
1: I was a big, I was a
0: big, uh,
1: yeah, I was a big baseball fan for the longest time. And I watched basketball, but I, I didn't know enough about it to like really, but then, then once eighth grade came around, I really got into it. So, uh, oh man, I don't know if we would call him a a role player per se, but I loved Courtney Lee.
0: Oh yeah, man. Courtney, Courtney Lee, Courtney Lee's one of those guys who even to this day on like 2k or whatever, if I need to sign one more guy, I will sign Courtney Lee. I love Courtney Lee. <laughs> I, I love Courtney Lee. He's one of my favorite players. And then, you know, not a role player at all, but uh, not at yeah, all. Sh- shout out to uh, shout out to Aaron Brooks. Um,
1: Aaron Brooks is great. Luis Scola, there, that whole team.
0: I ran into him at Baybrook Mall once. Um, he's a, he's much shorter than you would expect him to be. He's like five ten. I'm pretty sure.
1: Oh, well, speaking of that, I loved when we had Bobby Boykins on the team. Uh, Earl, 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 we had Earl. We also had, had Bobby Earl.
0: Brown, but uh, yeah, Earl Boykins. When Earl Boykins was so base, fun. Uh, two two foot difference, basically. But uh, let's move on to the next question. The next question. Uh, next
1: question we have: What's the where's this franchise going?
0: Well, um, so that's that's I, I mentioned this to you before the podcast. So I, I want to talk about the draft picks real quick. And I guess we can also throw in uh, Aaron's question uh, at Aaron PKP uh, a little three-year plan. So we'll, we'll, we'll combine. Oh, those. we
1: didn't, we didn't give the words, the franchise either at King ACH 19 asked that one.
0: And so uh, we'll combine those two questions together, but um, what, what, what do we have going for us and what, what needs tweaked? I mentioned to you, this to you before the podcast, we need to start thinking more about the fact that we're going to have three picks in the twenties, unless that uh, we're going to have a top four pick. I understand like, you know, 52% chance we get that top four pick, but 50, we
1: got to be prepared.
0: Yeah. We got to be prepared. June 22nd, June 22nd, can be a
1: very sad day.
0: Yeah. And so it, it could be very, and you know, we have like a 90% chance or like an 80, 86% chance of not getting the first pick. And so like, you know, everybody's pick saying it's a Kate Cunningham season. season. Yeah, and if you don't get Cade, like you know, maybe you get Evan Mobley. Is that a sure thing? Is that something that's really going to help your team? To I've
1: got a, I've got a hugely unpopular opinion about that. I do not want Evan Mobley.
0: I don't want Mo- Evan Mobley at all. I, I, I do not we, want we, Evan Mobley. I hope we don't get forced into a position we, where we have to pick Evan Mobley. It's not that I don't think he's going to be a bad player. Like I think he's going to be decent, but like two. I would pick. Scale. I would pick
1: Huminga over Mobley.
0: Yeah, well, and that's that's what something I want to bring up is I think that Rockets Twitter isn't talking about him enough.
1: Cuminga so he's the good. only
0: wing. He's the only wing in the top five, and that's exactly and well. I know the best I know
1: player. for a fact. I know for a fact that you don't choose fit over talent in the draft, but Cuminga would fit so well on our team.
0: But also, like my my uh, my argument against like drafting guards right now is there's so many. Like there's so many guards. There's so many shooting guards right now in the league that you can easily replace, and that's why I was saying like, oh, you don't want to trade, you know, James Harden for Tyler Hero because there's going to be another Tyler Hero. There's going to be like five Tyler Heroes in this draft. Just draft him, like draft the next Tyler Hero. There's going to be like, like eight shooting guards in the top 20 picks this year. There's so many guards in the league, coming into the league. I'm can, still
1: high on Jalen Suggs I, next I to KPJ. I'm extremely Suggs high. next to KPJ would be so good.
0: I'm extremely high on Jalen Suggs, but I, I'm, I'm saying, like, you know, if you can get a wing, especially one that is going to be a great defender, he's long. He can He's
1: ready the for the league.
0: Before, he's ready. He played in the G League against, you know, professional players. Like, the G League bubble, the gobble, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you so will. Oh! Um, <gasps> Yeah, not a fun word, but the G, the, the, the Gubble was. Please, please, no, Nima. (laughs) Much better talent than in the NCAA. Like in the NCAA, you're playing maybe one or two guys on each team that could possibly make the G League. Like in the G League, you're playing like the best of the best who didn't make the NBA. And so, like, there's guys on college teams who can't make the G League and have to go play overseas. And, like, can't even play in the top leagues overseas. I remember, uh, you know, Syracuse, Tyus Battle, who was all ACC, couldn't make it into the league past a year and is now playing in Russia. Like, it's – it's it's like, the, the, the level of the G League is, is not something to, you know, mess around about. And so, yeah, exactly. maybe he struggled – shooting in in there but he showed he was a great defender against these guys and he showed he was confident to shoot and so that confidence alone like i think he should probably go maybe three in the draft i would you know if he goes two i wouldn't be upset about him going two either no
1: i season. i'm so high on K-Ming and i hear nothing about him anymore
0: nobody nobody brings up anything about him and so like i i don't understand it but um you know what where's where's his team going it depends it depends on what happens with that pick You're like let's say, let's say you get the pick, and you get, let's say you get Cade Cunningham, you all of a sudden, that three-year rebuilding process might be a year or what if you get Cade? And, you know, all of a sudden free agents are like, Oh, we want to go to Houston because we want to play with this, you know, next best prospect or whatever. I mean,
1: best case scenario, our starting lineup next year is Kevin Porter jr. At the one assuming we're able to turn wall into assets yeah. Or if we keep Wall on as like, I don't I don't want to pay a man forty million to play off the bench, but it You'll might be what it comes not, down like,
0: to. I, I honestly can see like the two of them starting next to each other. It really it's is true. Absolutely. Kate Cunningham six eight, like play him at the three. Who cares?
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! So if we get Kate Cunningham though, I want to see a Kate KPJ backcourt with Jay Sean at the three, John Collins esque power forward from free agency, and then Christian Wood.
0: I mean, I would I love that. To you. I wouldn't mind that there's, you know, everybody who listens to this knows my love for Gary Trent. What I'm kind of hoping happens is uh, the Rockets slip to like two or three and get Kuminga. And then the Raptors jump up and get like one of Jalen Suggs, Cade Cunningham, or like uh, Jalen Green. And then they have to give up on Gary Trent. Cause they're like, well, we just got this top five guy. He's a restricted free agent. We'll just sign and trade him. And then we sign him and we get Gary Trent, Kuminga, we have Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean and Christian Wood. I think that's a great starting five. Um, I think that's Bung's an
1: amazing starting five.
0: starting five. I think that you know that's that's my personal ideal scenario. Cause realistically, would you rather just have Kate Cunningham? Or would you rather have Gary Trent and Jonathan Kuminga? Um or it doesn't have to be Gary Trent, it could be, you know, John Collins and Jalen Suggs. Or would you rather have two players basically or just Kate Cunningham? And so
1: No, I agree. <laughs> um well, so for a 3 year plan, assume we fall out of that top 3.
0: Assuming we fall out you, of that All right,
1: top 4. Yeah. Where I, do you think where do you think Davion Mitchell's getting picked up after his uh his performance uh, in the in the It all comes March down event. to the
0: combine. Like the combine can drop you 5 picks or bring you back up 5 picks. But I think right now he pushed himself into a late lottery area. Um I think he pushed himself into that like 10 to maybe 16 17 range. Um but before before the tournament, I had him going in, like, 25, 26, kind of penciled in around there. But, you know, that that run was insane. But not not Davion Mitchell, but well, do you think Johnny Juzang is going to get drafted?
1: I think Johnny Juzang is going to get drafted. That dude, that was a Cinderella story.
0: I kind of hope he goes back to UCLA, but I also want him to just kind of cash in. And that's how I feel about Buddy Bayheim as well. I mean, I go to Syracuse, but... He got so much hype out of those first couple of games in the tournament. Ride that hype and, like, cash in because
1: – I'm going to be quite, quite I honest with you. Have I it. have not had time to watch NCAA basketball. So I, I tuned into March Madness. But before that, I, I watched 15 of the Texas A&M college basketball games because that's, that's my school and probably not much else. Watched a little bit of Cade Cunningham.
0: Yeah, but you know, if we get those three late 20 picks, um, I would like to get you know, there's a uh, Quentin Grimes. Quentin I want Quentin Grimes. Grimes. I like Usman Garuba. Um, I like there's this guy from Turkey, he's a big uh Alperin Sengun who he's really solid. Um, there's Davion Mitchell. If, if Johnny Juzang, you know, pushes his way up there, I would not mind taking him. I honestly don't care. Like, if we, if we have the 28th pick, you know.
1: Johnny
0: using. I don't care. You you could do it. I just, just, just so he's on the roster. I think it would be fun. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you have cap space this year. So do you want to bank into the cap space, get a restricted free agent? I I, I feel like we'll, we'll probably just throw in a flyer for Kawhi because we have the cap space for him. (laughs) Like, do you want to come to Houston? He'll probably say no. And then we'll be like, all right, thanks for, you know, answering us. But also maybe all this, like, Showing uh,
1: I think uh, more realistically, hey, Kawhi, do you want to come to Houston? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I mean, like, you know, maybe with all of what Rafael Stone has been doing of like sending guys where they want to go. and after them, No, oh, Rafael
1: Stone has done a great job yeah, making exactly. us look like a favorable destination as exactly. soon as we have what we need.
0: After the whole situation with San Antonio, where he was like, hey, I want to go to L.A. and San Antonio sends him to Toronto. Like, you know, maybe he thinks, like, you know, I, if I go to Houston, play with these guys, and, if you know, maybe we get a top-five pick, and he wants to play with the top-five pick, Kevin Porter. We get some other guys, do trades and whatnot. And he says, okay, I want to come to Houston and try it out for two years, and let's say – he get sent back to L.A. Games. Hey, trade me to the Lakers or trade me to the Clippers or trade me wherever, you know. Um, and he knows that they're good for it because they've done it to – three players now at this point, and one of them was Victor Oladipo, who they had no loyalty, loyalty to whatsoever. And they sent him to Miami for, at a time, what looked like a bag of chips. And so...
1: And now, Kelly uh, Olynyk is like, outperforming.
0: Yeah. Because Kelly Kelly Olynyk just decided to be at Larry Bird 2.0. And so, like, yeah, best case scenario, you know, <laughs> you get Kawhi. But, you know, re- realistically... You probably go for a restricted free agent. What I would like to see happen is um we get, you know, we if if we let let's say we don't get the top five pick. We we draft well in the draft with those three top twenties. Maybe you package a couple of them together and try and trade up to that late lottery area, get Debion Mitchell. Um get a few decent role players, bank on guys kind of like what we've been doing guys like with Sterling Brown and Jay Sean Tate and David Nwaba and Christian Wood and Kevin Porter, like these guys. who. Speaking
1: of David Nwaba is going to be back. And he was a big part of those first 11 and 10 part of that yeah, before he, 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 everything. He imploded. Thing,
0: you know, he was just a big part of the team before he got hurt. And then so like, he was,
1: he was the only player generating consistent fast break points for us. We had, what six fast break points in last night's game he was averaging eight fast break points a game
0: yeah and so like when yeah. he
1: had minutes
0: yeah and so we, we I like I would love to bring David Nawaba back maybe bring back Sterling Brown get these guys you know on cheap contracts and then maybe go and get some like reclamation projects that's what Bobby was saying in the last project uh, podcast go and get these guys who have kind of been shunned out by their teams and didn't get minutes and You
1: know, I want buddy healed. Give me buddy healed.
0: I like buddy heals contract. It it comes down every year. I just, you know, he's 28.
1: I don't care. He's been poisoned (laughs) by Luke Walton. Give me buddy healed. I believe if he gets out, And I have a friend who, if he listens to this podcast, he's probably going to jump me because he's a Sacramento fan. And I tell him every day, give us buddy healed. And he, he gets mad at me. I want buddy healed more than any player in the league of that caliber. Early because I believe as soon as he gets out and is around a guy like Steven Silas he is going to explode
0: yeah I mean so far in Sacramento what he's showed is like he's either a guy who can absolutely make a game for you or absolutely break a game for you and so like I'm hoping that in a real system like he can just be that guy who makes games for you like and the other
1: guy that same thing from the Kings I do want Marvin Bagley I think Marvin Bagley is going to be amazing if he can get out of that situation. That I, I wouldn't audience.
0: mind buying low on Mar- on Marvin Bagley. If, if if the Kings want to get out, get out of that deal and get out of possibly paying him, pay him. Cool. Like yeah. he, was, he was a top I
1: mean, the he, the he only reason is he
0: was in a draft with Luka and Trey Young and you know, and DeGon then Hunter he was Hays called a
1: bust because it. he was picked ahead of them.
0: And he's been dealing with injuries and he's in Sacramento where, you know, the only player we've seen have success out of Sacramento in the last 15 years is kind of De'Aaron Fox right now. Like Kevin Martin. (laughs) Like, Oh my goodness.
1: No, but yeah, that's the thing. And you've got to think about he's playing alongside Hassan Whiteside and Rashawn Holmes. He's not getting the minutes that he deserves. He, if we can buy low on Marvin Bagley, have him play, Backup center and then get power forward minutes when Kelly Olynyk isn't on the floor. Assuming we still have Kelly Olynyk and we haven't bought into an expensive power forward or something, I would love to have Marvin Bagley on this team.
0: Kind of bringing up a name that you know also has to do with the Kings, but he's a kind of a reclamation project, a little bit older, but I wouldn't mind having him for like a year. Jamari Harrison Barnes Oh, Jamari Parker. He just got waived. Like, I wouldn't mind signing him. Who?
1: Why, dude? The man is the man's a bucket they didn't
0: play him they didn't play him like yeah right here. and so like why not uh, the, dude, with, the dude the dude is a bucket he's been dealing with injuries but hell give him a couple minutes like see what he can do give him a 10 day give him a 10 day see what he can do uh that would i think that would be that would be cool but um just to kind of finish answering the question uh three year plan
1: really so, really depends on how the lottery shapes it, it,
0: out. it really depends and you know what what do we need to do what needs to be tweaked um I would like to see Wood get bigger, just get bulkier. I would like to see KJ get bulkier. K, we just need to sit, wait on KJ and KPJ to develop. Um, I think it's going to take three years, and then in 2023, re-sign Tate, re-sign Kevin Porter, re-sign Christian Wood, and um, you potentially have room there as well to bring in a max free agent if you do the next couple years right. Um, you know, that's a pretty big. Uh, free agency class there's you know all of brooklyn's coming out bradley beal will be out of his deal uh there's a few other guys that will be out of the deal just i can't think of them off the top of my head but i know that 2023 free agency class is solid you can probably get another free uh free agent in there as well and then hopefully by then wood's 28 uh kpj's 23 kj's 23 and you can really buy into them and
1: yeah if i'm being quite frank i think i think 2023 2024 is our our best window.
0: I think that's the next. I think like, 2022, 2023, I would like us to be a seven or competitive.
1: Eight. I, like, would like be, I would like us to be like
0: us to be like a playoff team.
1: I would like us to be the thunder from last year.
0: Yeah, like just like you
1: know, not even the thunder from last year, like the the blazers from last yeah, year. Was,
0: just like just like a six to like a five to eight seed, that back half of the playoff seed. If if, if we get somewhere in there by before Christian Woods contract, this contract is up. I'm chilling um we already talked uh, at wavy god uh dolo uh he said give me your opinion on the top five prospects on the draft we talked a little bit about uh Camingo, we talked a little bit about Cade and evan mobley uh jaylen suggs i love him i would not mind him i think he's the most nba ready guy in the draft i agree
1: i think suggs is going to be really good right out of the gate i i don't know i just don't like mobley for the rockets i like mobley but I don't like him for the Rockets.
0: I agree. And then for Jalen Green, um, you know, I think he had a great G League bubble. Um, I think he'll be a great player. I wouldn't mind him either. Realistically, Mobley, like, for the Rockets, like we said, is probably number five on my draft board. Um,
1: Which, that's crazy, because I've been seeing so many people on Twitter.
0: He's probably number two. On on
1: everybody else's draft board, yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, you know, that – I just don't think we need a big like that i I don't think it's it's something we really need yeah do
1: people have compared uh, him to uh people have compared him to Anthony Davis from a standpoint of how he's coming into the league real skinny and could beef up. I don't see it I don't yeah. see it, and we don't need another tall skinny guy
0: also like how many other guys since Anthony Davis have come into the league crazy skinny, beefed up, and nothing happened or didn't beef up and fell out of the league and so you know I would much rather go for the complete project um kade's probably my number one obviously um for the sake of fit i have Kaminga second but i wouldn't you know two and two a two b is Kaminga Suggs for me uh and then green just a little bit behind that but really I, I can't wait to see what the combine has in store i'm gonna be going to the combine um, Oh,
1: that's gonna be fun
0: yeah and so um I'm, I'm excited to see those guys like for firsthand at grizzly shark bingo Bango uh what is the best return this is the last question uh what is the best return you could see for a package of our late picks this year and daniel house is this enough to move into the late lottery yeah i would say 100 percent. and if you look at like, like let me pull it up real quick um but if you look at like some of the teams in the late lottery um new orleans indiana golden state san antonio some of the teams that might fall out boston new york um even like toronto these teams are in the late lottery. Are they teams that really want to be in the late lottery or expected to be in the late lottery? Probably not. You know. So here's
1: a, here's a little trade I cooked up that doesn't, uh, y'all already heard me say this. I love Daniel house. I don't want to give up Daniel house, but if we had to, I would, uh, a trade that I was interested in before his injury was Eric Gordon to the New York Knicks for Alec Burks and their first round pick this year. That was something that would have made them immediately better and if he, if they're still high on him, because I, I heard things about them being high on him going into the offseason, that's still a trade I would do. Because if they don't win it this year, they're going to look for that little something to push them over the edge. And I think that's a very realistic trade.
0: Yeah, I, I think the, the, uh, the Knicks would be interesting. But the thing is, with, with Eric Gordon's contract, you're more likely to give up a pick than get one. Uh, although, like, that would be like a very buy in thing for the Knicks. But I think the Knicks want to be players. They also got
1: to think about how much better he is than Alec Burks. I like yeah. Alec Burks. Yeah. But Eric man. Gordon is a.
0: I think the Knicks just want to be players in free agency. You kind of see that with the way their contracts are drawn up. Uh, I think they want to try and see if they can seduce Kawhi. Um, maybe, like, promise, hey, we're going to get you a point guard, too. Um, and maybe see if they can get Kawhi in New York and really create a clash of new york with uh, with the brooklyn big oh party. yeah but i so, think i think you know maybe like let's say right now all things stand and golden state is 13th i would i think that golden state accepts pick 22 pick 26 daniel house for the 13th pick just because one that team needs cheap players and they would be getting three for the price of one uh, as well as Daniel house. They, they they might end up being forced into paying Kelly Oubre this off season. They have Draymond Curry and uh, Clay Thompson on long-term deals. Andrew Wiggins too. And having Daniel house on $3 million next year on expiring. And then also getting two late first rounders, I think they would take. Um, and so if we could trade into that 13, like I said, get Davion Mitchell or something like that. um, I I wouldn't mind it. I think that's, that's probably the most likely something that I would like to see maybe trade Daniel house is see if you can get one of these guys who's on a rookie deal. Like he's, he's at like 3 million. See if you can get someone who's making about one, two to $4 million who's on a rookie deal, high potential, maybe is, you know, on the outskirts of their roster or something, or maybe you just use some of these picks and buy in. I mean, we have all these picks now. I'm cool with getting rid of a few if it means we're getting a tangible, good piece. Like if you can trade Daniel House and two or three first rounders for a really, really good young player who's maybe two or three years in the league, do it. Um, I, I, I think that's probably the, the best route to go. And also if if you want to be competitive in a few years, you don't want to be made of 10, te- 10 players who are in years one, two, and three of the NBA, you know, you don't want to be Charlotte over the last 10 years up until they get the LaMelo ball. Um, you don't want to be like Minnesota, who the only time they made the playoffs is because they traded for Jimmy Butler. Like it, it, you you want to be able to get established players. So I'm hoping we repackage these picks down the line. Uh, It's not just asset accumulation.
1: I think it'll happen. I think Stone's a smart enough guy to know that he's not just generating picks for the purpose of trying to hit in the draft. He's trying to make trades with those picks to inject some instant fuel into our team. I think it'll come. I mean, we've got a lot of picks through the next handful of years and I'm sure we'll accumulate more. I, I can see us trading for a big name player with picks in 2022, 2023.
0: Grant, thank you for coming on. Uh tomorrow the Rockets play the Mavericks and Friday they play the Clippers. Um, I will not be having another podcast up this week. Uh probably not until the middle of next week. I will be going to New York City. Uh going to the Knicks game Friday, seeing the Knicks play the Grizzlies. Uh before we head out, Grant, is there anything that you want to plug, Twitter, anything else?
1: Yeah, y'all can follow me on Twitter at Curington Grant and uh, follow the Apollo Hou Twitter page as well if you want to see a lot of good Houston sports content.
0: All right, thank you so much, Grant. I appreciate you joining me. Uh, this is a great. Thanks time.
1: for having me, Nima.
0: Yeah, and to everybody else listening, uh, I'll see you guys next week. And how do I stop?